computer. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief of Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Hello and welcome to Quality Time, the Kale Koala Entertainment Podcast. I'm Skylar Sokol. And I'm Anthony Nicolosi. And today we are going to talk about realism in games. Ooh, and do they make games suck? Is that fun? Does that suck? When you have to eat, f- when you have to bandage your wounds in Escape from Tarkov, and if you're bleeding lightly or heavily, you have to use different meds, and if you need to hydrate, you can't drink condensed milk because that will raise your food meter but lower your hydration, but you could drink water because that'll raise your hydration but won't affect your food meter. When you have to pay (laughs) rent in Shenmue 2? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that fun? Is that fun? Do you like do you like, uh, do you like realism? This is, really, this is an interesting topic because I feel like different different it depends on what you experience you're kind of going after. Totally. I mean, what part of I think what's fun about games is that you go from fucking psycho, uncontrollable real world into controllable, um, understandable. Uh, you can exert some power some over power fantasy yeah, yeah, yeah. world, right? Yep. So if if the game gets too real, I think, right? Like, who would want to play a game of life to some extent, so, right? I feel, yeah. You know? Yes. And that, what's crazy, like, first let's talk about, like, Daisy or, like, these war games, right? Like, Insurgency, these ver- Escape from Tarkov, right? I think even though those games have a lot of realistic elements, right? Like, the different food you have to eat, the types of meds you have to apply, like, all that shit, and the fact that you die in, like, basically one shot as well. Um, I think those are things that people can't really experience in their real life. So even though those games are very realistic to the situations they're portraying, those aren't situations someone would really experience in their real life. Right? Right. What blows my mind is games like fucking Farming Simulator, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, you know? Like... Jesse Shell actually does talk about it to to a certain. He actually has a section. Now that I think about it, that delves into this rather deeply. But at one point, especially when you're talking about farming sim, he 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 theorizes. He's just like I, I think this is just like classic Jesse Shell romping shit through his mind. But he says like maybe um, there's something. I don't know, deep inside of us that wants to farm like right. some ancestral <laughs> need to well, plant If crops. you're like farming simulator though, there's also like, there's also like car mechanic simulator and PC building right. simulator and fireman. So they're every single fucking profession simulator there is, right? Goat, Goat simulator. simulator. That's a good one though. Um, <laughs> like those games exist too, right? And it's really interesting. Like are people's lives exciting enough that when they come home, they just want to sit there and farm? Maybe, maybe that's like that's how interesting. They need to that's chill. interesting. That's really interesting that you say that because 
Um, in the book I'm reading right now, Game Characteristics, one thing you said that was interesting, the book I'm reading right now, Characteristics of Games, is the, um, the they talk about it all the time that games, the, who plays games, why, how, who enjoys what games, uh-huh. and why they enjoy them depends so much on just literally who the person that's playing them is. Makes sense. You know what I mean. Yeah, bad yeah, English yeah. no, there, totally. Um, so you're right. Maybe you have a life that's stressful as fuck. You go into a job that's extremely, I'm thinking you're, you're a fucking Wall Street trader and for 12 hours a week, you're 12 hours a day, five times a week, you're fucking dealing with all this volatility in stocks and it's high stakes. You've got clients who spent a fuck ton of money making sure you got the whatever the fuck and blah, blah. And so you go home and you just want to fuck plant digital crops, baby. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, I know like someone who is, was like in med school and shit. People, I know lots of people who have been in med school who like the games they want to play are like really simple, chill games, right? They don't want to play some intense ass competitive multiplayer right. game when they come home because like one thing, for example, med school is like really competitive environment, right? So I can totally see someone in that competitive environment wanting to come home and do something chill. Now, granted, mm-hmm. that doesn't really relate to the realism aspect, though, right? That's that that's where it gets interesting, right? Because there's realistic games that are really intense, and there's realistic games that are really chill. So what convinces someone that they want to play a realistic game over a like very out there game, right? Like what convinces someone to play the driving sim, whatever, dirt over Mario Kart, right? Like Right. Right, right. I do feel like if we literally focus on those two kinds of uh, uh, experiences right there, Mario Kart, something like that, th- th- again, those, uh, I feel like you play them in, at least I would play them in different situations. The Mario Kart, I would probably play in a more casual environment with friends, maybe kind of a thing. Um, I could still maybe, pro- and maybe still would likely play like, I'm thinking like a Forza motorsport against friends competitively online but that's a big difference it's like totally one's like oh i don't know like hardcore realistic you know this somehow might also mean secretly i'm a real life better driver right no totally i think realistic games at least for me definitely bring out the sweat you know what i mean like escape from tarkov for example a relatively more realism based game is way sweatier of a game than like fucking Fortnite for me right for example no right Right. Like, I think realism really adds like a sweatiness aspect to these games. It makes you want to try harder and it makes you feel like maybe it even makes you feel like getting better has more value because you're mastering way more like complicated, realistic mechanics. Right. Like Mario Kart, you just mastered the drift and you memorize the courses and you're good, dude. Right. But in like dirt, you have to like know the nuances of like going around like a specific type of turn perfectly and shit. Right. Right. Well, you know, I actually just thought of another thing because Zomlon here is in chat and he's saying, I feel like it's mostly because how unique it is. I'm going to extrapolate what he, he might be talking about because I'm thinking about it. One thing that's interesting, like Flight Simulator, right, for example. Microsoft Flight Simulator. Part of the reason I want to play it is just to see how close it gets to being real, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, how good are we at making this feel this like real, like something is realistic. I feel like that's also part of, we've talked about before, realistic graphics, cartoony graphics. Like it's cool to like look on, um, 
look at like materials in the world and be like, shit, this looks real. And like, right. there's, there's an, there's an impressiveness to that. But like, you know? here's the and, question, right? Like Microsoft flight sim has really realistic controls and you can go like full sim where you have to literally do everything to fly the plane. And it also has very realistic graphics right now mm-hmm. is cause like you're describing what it feels like to me that you're describing is more like what you're experiencing than actually like doing the realistic plane controls, right? Like the realistic graphics are like the experience that I think is valuable in that game. Right. So uh-huh. like how does the realistic gameplay enhance the game for you? You know what I mean? So you're, yeah. Uh, yeah. In that, like with in the that same case, game, like a simi ass, like Mario Kart playing game that has Microsoft Flight Sim graphics be just as satisfying? Yeah, I think at least in the case of Flight Simulator, the the part of the experience, like not maybe necessarily piloting the plane, I, I honestly don't have enough reference to really know how close it is, you know? But it's the, I don't know if you saw this, but on Twitter, Rami uh the indie dev he did this thing where he flew i want to say it's to australia from wherever he was right and just for the fuck of it at the same time as he took off in real life he took off from in flight sim uh-huh at the same time and they fucking dude the whole thing i think he said it was within like 10 minutes equivalent That's like it was all sick. like perfect Right, And he has screenshots of like, here's flight sim and here's real life. And it's insane, dude. So like, I think that's the kind of thing. It's not necessarily just the graphics. It's just like how well they did, like how close the timing is and all that stuff. But I get what you're saying. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It depends. Like I said, at least for me personally, I am in a I'm in the camp a little bit more of like we were t- just talking about where I and we've talked about this before I go in to my job I work a software engineering job it uses my brain right I use my brain at my job and I come out and I don't want to use my brain anymore in the games I play you know right so Halo Minecraft uh Rocket League while these may have like um mastery paths that can get deep or whatever i don't i never really feel like i'm using the processing rational intellectual analytical side of my brain too hard it may also be because you've already achieved a certain level of mastery in those games right yeah that can contribute to that um and that for sure but yeah yeah i think that's really interesting and for me like mental stimulation is really valuable in games for me but like for example recently i've been playing assassin's creed origins right which takes place in Egypt and like tries to historically recreate a lot of locations in ancient Egypt and stuff like the library of Alexandria, lighthouse of Alexandria, the pyramids, stuff like that, which we don't actually know exactly what they looked like and stuff. And that Mm -hmm. to me, I think is a form of realism, right? It's like historical realism. And that's super interesting to me, right? Like that's that's the main reason this game is compelling is because of this setting, right? That they're recreating a setting that you literally have no other way to experience. Right. No, that is cool. I'm trying to think if I've ever really played a game like that myself, but maybe something like Red a, Dead, right, is sort of similar to that. Yeah. It, it, in a way that watching, for example, one of my favorite things about Stranger Things, uh-huh. the show, was how they executed that time frame, right? It's just right. like, it was just so well done, attention to detail. And games, 
can uh, like cyberpunk for example like did you was that a part that you know really delivered on the environment for you i mean yeah but at the same time cyberpunk i wouldn't call like a realistic game right it had very good realistic graphics but and i guess they tried to make the world relatively realistic right like the technology wasn't so far-fetched that it was like there's no way this could ever happen although some of it was like time slowing cybernetic enhancements and shit probably not right so i don't know that game wasn't really going for realism even like realism in its own universe that much i don't feel like unlike like a game like the witcher that also by CD Projekt Red, that game like within the Witcher universe, I think was extremely realistic for like what you would expect from that universe. Mm-hmm. Right. Like well, even, in, that's- even in like a future scenario, I would never expect like time slowing, for example. Right. Like that's just not yeah. feasible. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think what I kind of meant. like that's a unique thing. Games in particular have like movies can take you so far. But when it's like literally you and you can move around a world, you can like be in that world, you know. Right. And um, I think that's honestly what Captain. I, I don't know. I'm going to speak for her on this one. But I think Brittany, like, you know, Braminosi's experience in Red Dead, that was a big part of it for her was like being in that. Oh, whatever, 18, 1900s world uh, and ha- the reality that's there, right? Like when you get caught for something, you can ride a horse and get away. There's no internet, you know, they can't magically whatever. Like you right. actually got away. And like there are lots of elements that make it feel like you're in that era, whatever. So um, for sure, I don't know. It just depends. It's- it depends on what I'm looking for in that experience, whether that's not sometimes i don't know i usually feel that i usually feel that simulator games like that require an an investment in time that usually keeps me away from them i because it it feels like the skills you're gaining in some of those simulators are somewhat mundane for me not things that like not skills that feel interesting for me but maybe that's because i'm more of like a twitch sort of gamer right and not like a methodical strategic based gamer always right that's a really interesting point that i was just thinking about watching uh what game is this i can't remember but it was i don't think it was assassin's creed it was no like it was either assassin's creed it was doom or it was another one Uh uh-huh it wasn't it can't be doom i think it was maybe watching your assassin's creed Uh uh-huh maybe where i was just like thinking about literally the mechanics of executing some of the stuff you were doing and i'm like well the literal execution of these mechanics is does doesn't seem that interesting. Like compared to Doom or Rocket League, the toys, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the the awesome mechanical fun jobs they are. Th- these ones, it's like, whoa, there's a little bit here, there's a little bit there. And the thing that's bringing the experience together is that environment, maybe is that realism, is that whatever. I just t- like the game. Yeah, I totally Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was have I had similar thoughts while I've been playing Assassin's Creed, right? Like the combat, for example, is way easier to execute than like a satisfying combat situation in Cyberpunk, for example, um, or Doom, right? Like the mechanical skill required to succeed in Assassin's Creed is way less than to succeed right. in like Cyberpunk or in Doom Eternal, for example. And that's yep. interesting, right? But what's crazy about Assassin's Creed is this realism element. Like when you're climbing anything, you're just literally hitting one button. You just hit alt and that climbs and then you hit alt again and it climbs to the next climbable thing. But it's so well animated and like your character isn't just like climbing a wall. He like actually grabs onto the cracks in the wall. And if you get to a point where there's no cracks, he won't be able to grab onto them. He'll have to jump over them. I guess the fucking 
artists or developers or modelers <laughs> or someone have to mark every single point on the object that's climbable or not climbable yeah. so that the character like, kind of like is able to scale to some procedural thing to like yeah it's crazy like i've been thinking when i climb stuff it's so cool to watch because the character actually interacts with whatever geometry it is in the exact way you would expect a human to climb this object right yeah and to execute that from a mechanical perspective would be really really hard if you were like responsible for doing all of that but the fact that you could just hit a button and do it i think it really plays into this power fantasy aspect right like it's yeah. not hard for me to make the character do this extremely skillful thing so that's right. like a bigger power fantasy than like for example in doom eternal where i die all the fucking time because i'm in complete control of the character and it's really hard <laughs> to get him to like actually win these really difficult fights yeah no it's uh, yeah uh, again i also think it boils down to your the agential as they call it in characteristics of games the the nature of the actual player base who's playing it i th like it's okay that not every game is a sweaty mechanic fest right there are people who don't want to play sweaty mechanic fest all the time right and that's cool and then there's other people like i i, I always think to myself you know if there's a hack and slash like dynasty warriors age of calamity game that just was like deeper mechanically uh -huh. could be like fun as fuck like you know like the the usually my the long-term playability beef that i have with those games is that well you just like run up and you slash x until you kill right. everything and then you run over here and you slash x hash and slash like, games bother me for the same reason hack and slash games i mean what if you had like a hack and slash game with the mechanics of like Bloodborne or Dark Souls, right? right? Or like, like the, I mean, that's like thing. what the Devil May Cry games and Bayonetta have tried to accomplish, right? Creating these hack and slash games with more deep like combo systems and mechanics right. and all of that. And those games have become very popular, right? I also think this yep. sort of relates to game difficulties too. Now that I think about it, right? Like that's why game difficulties exist. For someone who wants a game to feel like a mechanics fest, even Assassin's Creed, you could play on hard or like very hard, right? And then yeah, the mechanics, true. your execution of the mechanics, even if they're simpler, becomes way more important, right? And like I watched my friend play Immortals Phoenix Rising, which is another one of these open world games, right? It's an ancient Greece one. And he was playing on the absolute easiest difficulty there was. And he loved it. He was having a great time because he was there to like experience the game. He didn't really care right. about like the fights being difficult. He just wanted to do them. Right. So right. and that's like for me, I would never do that. That would be like yeah, no, me too. really uninteresting for me. But absolutely. There are players who that is like what they want. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it's it is it's interesting. It's interesting. The breadth so I think of overall, types of players is crazy of video games, and trying to satisfy all of them is very interesting. Yeah, I think uh, uh, it's a good, it's a great insight in that characteristics of game book talking about when you're making a game, when developers. This is for sure happens. You're you're trying to actually. This is maybe a conversation we could have another time, but like. It, I feel that AAA games often try to cast as wide of a net as possible, right? Yeah, like a hundred percent as interesting as, as possible to as many kinds of players, right, whatever. Right. right. That's why cyberpunk has like 8 billion different skill trees, all of the character customization, tons of side quests, but you can also just do the main mission, right? It has driving, it has walking, it has fast travel. So you can traverse that, right? Like everything is like, right. There's like 10 options for every single decision you make so that any type of player can do it however they want. Right. Yep. You got a game like that. And then you get, indie games which not necessarily because they don't want to but maybe just because they have to from limited resources are focusing on an experience like they don't have 
3,000 people working on their game, right? right? They have a small team, so they're trying to make like a cons- like a polished, concise experience. And so it it's usually – indie games, in my opinion, are more like this is either a game you might like or not kind of right, a thing. Right, you know? It's way harder to like – tell someone that there's something for them in Sayonara Wild Hearts than it is to tell exactly. them there's something for them in Cyberpunk, right? Exactly. That's, yeah, that's and really honestly, we, we've talked about this before, I feel like that's an advantage for the indie side of things. Yeah. I like I like I said, again, pulling it from my experience as a Halo fan, it just feels like as Halo after the original trilogy and COD, Call of Duty came out, these other shooters came out, it just kind of felt like it was trying to be like, not just for Halo fans. It was like, well, let's make Halo for Halo fans, but also Call of Duty fans, but also Battlefield right. fans, but also whatever fans. And so you get these elements that sometimes are like kind of hit or miss. And I feel like a lot of AAA games I play like feel like that. Yeah, like it like dilutes trying- the experience to try and make it some like to try and make it good for everyone, but not really great for anyone, right? Whereas indie right. games are going to be great for the people who want that game. They're gonna, it's going to be like one of the best experiences you can have of that type. And I'll actually say, in my opinion, this is a way I interpret it. I'm not just, I'm not, this is just armchair per opinion. But one thing that the Sony studios that I, I don't, I think they did this on purpose was that I feel like the last generation the sony studios focused on a niche in the market that wasn't really being explored was like these like like really they were just like really well done narrative experiences they didn't have a multiplayer component relatively linear they weren't even like open world Right. right it was like this thing is a single player linear experience we don't have multiplayer we don't have co-op like it's just it's we're just gonna do this thing and we're gonna do it really good and nobody else is really doing this thing not at all so, like, you know, that's I, – I don't know. I feel like that it's something – we've talked about it before, but I, if you could tell – if these these AAA studios games are just, like, getting huger and huger, it's like, man, if you took, like, AAA experience and resources and you funneled it into, like, a concise 20-hour experience, I think I would take that over these, like, endless yeah, yeah, yeah. experiences. I mean, I think that's know? why these Sony games ended up being so good. Like, honestly, right? Like, they didn't, I, they yeah, didn't dilute the experience. They were like, we're making a Spider-Man game, single player. It's linear. You don't need all these fucking decisions. Just be Spider-Man and have fun doing it. And here, and here's a, and there's a story with it. Here you go. Right? They just felt, like, really, con- like, focused, yep. I guess, is, like, the I way of saying totally it. totally agree. That's a really good the, point. And the way that uh, I'll maybe the, I'll finish that thought with just saying the podcasts, at least that I heard, like from Corey Barlog and some of the other uh, God of War people uh-huh. um, just kind of lent itself to that. Like it just felt like they were focused, like right. based off the way they were talking about it. Um, it anyway, so that, another another thing just to note is they are developing for one console, right? Generally, or maybe two. Mm-hmm two similar consoles with backwards compatibility and that kind of focus really benefits them as well i think right like cyberpunk trying to develop for like five platforms at the same time is is was fucking crazy and clearly backfired on them horribly another another type of focus that really failed them yeah yeah cyberpunk uh, is in it there's a lot of interesting things about cyberpunk it's ambition though um yeah just seemed like it's interesting. We were talking before the podcast of this recent, like Jason Shire article without like just kind of passingly mentioning it, but like it, um, one of the things that apparently people who work there 
said was that it felt like the ambition was unchecked. Like it was just like more and more and more ambitious and like more stuff and more stuff, more stuff. I mean, and looking from the outside, I can get where maybe that would come from. (laughs) Like I, you can kind of, you can see a lot of ambition. I don't know necessarily if it was unchecked or not, but um, I mean, I think it was unchecked in the way that they decided to release the game before finishing it, like before fixing the bugs. Right. That in that way it was unchecked, but I I think that they actually met probably a lot of their ambitious goals with the systems they created and stuff. Right, right. So anyway, like, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It's well, hard. It's stuff. Do we have a Do we have a Patreon question for this? Week? Let's uh, check right now. I don't think we, we answered. Do. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't think we do, as far as I remember. Yes, the patrons this week were slacking. They didn't send us a question, so we don't have to answer it. We told them you send it to us, we answer a question for you. Well, then where can people find us? If you want to find us, you can find us at kaokoalaentertainment.com. That's going to be the easiest place because you have links to all our social media from there. Are you an Instagram person? Join us on Instagram. You got a link there. You a TikTok person? Join us on TikTok. We just uh, put out some bangers banger if that's what you want to call them stomach whatever <laughs> that shit is uh yeah so you know check us out on tiktok wherever we're on all the social media platforms check us out on youtube we just released our first vlog tell us if you like it if you want us to <laughs> tell us if more you like anthony's vlog do you want my vlog i'm about to build a desk tonight do you want me to <laughs> hey, hey desk vlog, vlog. uh as tsa you- derpy likes as says wake up patrons <laughs> Yes, yes, we have a Patreon. And in fact, it's a not, I'm not that biased. There's no way I'm that biased when I say this, that it's really good one. You, it, especially at our $10 tier, the one that's most popular, we have the most patrons who are awesome, by the way. Yep. You get a free sticker every three months. Your, your name in the credits of our game after six months. You get free merch every six months. You get discount on merch at all times that stacks upon sales. So like, if you're into merch, Patreon just is want, the like freaking nice hoodie. Yes. Right. No, like how Patreon much is our so hoodie? Good. Our hoodie is like what? $34.99. $34.99. And you're going to end up paying what? 60 bucks for it. Yeah. You are going to. Yeah. But, well, it's $34.99 without shipping. Right. If you are in the United States, a $34.99 hoodie is going to cost you with shipping at least $43. Yep. So if you look at it from that perspective, and on top of that, you would have already gotten Got a free a sticker. sticker, which let's say is roughly $6. You're about at $50 at that point. Right. At almost $50 of material of merch goodness is coming your way by the time you've paid $60. Which so you're is- barely playing more. You get more content. I'm about to release, I would arguably say, the coolest piece of content and I've released I so far on you- the Patreon. On Thursday, I'll be receiving a mystery snack box from Japan. And Darren and I are going to record ourselves eating the snacks, and that video is going on Patreon. You can't see it unless you're a patron, so get on the Patreon, my dudes. Yep. No, the Patreon's uh, like legit. It's We intentionally made it the way we did with the perks and everything so that it was fantastic value for the people who Yeah, it's up, crazy. So. Like I, I subscribe to a lot of Patreons, and I don't get nearly this value from any of them. <laughs> like, Yeah, so... Uh, and not to say that as we get closer to the release of our game, you bet your butt the patrons are going to have yeah. some uh, ins on that front. It's true. Um, You're so, definitely getting... Anyway. Whenever 
new information about the game comes out, you're definitely always going to see the behind the scenes for that on the Patreon. Oh, 100 Actually, in fact, I just recorded something some game related behind the scenes content. One of like so many things that over this time we're going to say that I is going to be really funny. I think you the patrons are really going to like it that within the next couple of months, they're going to see. Yep. So maybe we'll release wanted? a teaser trailer to the, to the regular YouTube or something, but that could be cool. You want to see that all of it. Cool. You're getting it on Patreon. Uh, Evan oh. has a f- question for the podcast before we speak end. of the devil. Yeah, Evan, Patron Evan shows up in the eleventh hour with a question. <laughs> what is it? Is it how will chat? How are you? I do. How good. are you, Evan? You dog. <laughs> I built my new computer. It's Pog. It's really quiet, and it builds lighting on our levels in eight seconds. Um, I'm building yeah. a new desk tonight, and I got a monitor stand, and I'm getting a new 1440p monitor in like the next week or two. So. From a materialistic standpoint, I'm doing good. I don't know if it's actually brought me more happiness because I've ended up going to the arcade and not using my new computer, which is stupid. So, so who knows? But I think I'm doing pretty good. What about you, Anthony? Doing great. Uh, just doing great. How are the how's the how's, how's the children? How's children Camilla? are doing great? What'd you say last night? How's Camila? Camila's doing great. She's just the happiest thing. She actually might be going a little bit viral on Jacksepticeye's Reddit right now. For whatever what? reason, Camila thinks Jacksepticeye is hilarious. Should She's I, always should, laughing when he's on the should TV. Should I show? I think Brittany posted it somewhere. Where did she post it? <sighs> I don't know. She general? posted it somewhere. Here it is. Maybe. I'll show it on the stream right now. Yeah. Uh, little Camila. Let me get the desktop view. Boop. Okay. Here we go. Oh, that's the wrong desktop. This is going in the podcast. <laughs> All right, here yeah. we go. You should definitely be watching this on YouTube if you're not. Oh, shit, 100 outposts. Right on, Camila. <laughs> yeah, Jack I think she's in love. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this is foretelling. Maybe there's an Irishman in her future. It's <laughs> so fucking cute. I can't believe it. It's un- it's impossible for me to walk by that little girl without giving her some hugs. I can't do it. I'm not that's not even like cute cringe stuff. It's like legit true. There's something broken in my brain or something. She loves the septic eye, man. <laughs> These faces. I told Brittany, like, if she goes viral we better save it so that when she grows up one day we can tell her she went viral on reddit because <laughs> by the time she grows up there won't be reddit there'll no. be like vet it and it's on vr that's implanted in your eyeballs <laughs> there you <laughs> anyway. go all right anyway. everyone's doing good Cr- crunching not necessarily literally away munching <laughs> and lunching away hey all right thanks Very for good. listening thank everyone. you everyone if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps other people find the podcast. And if you're listening to this Apple on Apple Podcasts, what the fuck are you doing owning Apple products? Get yourself some oh. Google products. <laughs> please. Oh, man. I don't have products. I was like, oh, he was going to say something. I was like, Google products. <laughs> 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 okay. Sounds good.
All right, we'll bye. see ya. Shout out to all our patrons, especially our Koala Manjaro subscribers, Sandsquid, Marcus the OK, I got your potatoes, Carter Johnson, and to our Koala Tacular subscribers. Thank you guys so much for your unbelievable support. If you'd be interested in supporting us on Patreon, I know you get a ton of stuff with your benefits. You get a free sticker of your corresponding tier when you sign up. You get a free sticker every three months if you're in Koala Tacular Koala Manjaro. And you get free merch every six months if you're in Koala Manjaro and alongside patron game night behind the scenes content access music content all kinds of stuff it's easy to sign up there's a link in our bio for the patreon again it helps our studio so much if you sign up thank you thank you again